All right, well, this morning, it's definitely going to be a more topical-type sermon. So I'm going to throw a couple of, a couple of Scripture verses at you as we go. So just kind of keep your, uh, your Bible's hand if you want to follow along. The first Scripture we're going to be looking at is Romans 15.4. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I hope that this week, at some point, um, you had a moment where you just met God, and God met you. Um, I think those are uh, very important, um, especially from the aspect of, uh, finding hope and peace is what I want to talk about this morning. I had one of those moments, and it wasn't exactly where I would have expected it. Um, I was working exit down at Steelscape. It's a position I absolutely hate. I do not like it, and I feel like it's a punishment every time they send me down there. Okay, And I was grumpy because I was scheduled to be somewhere else, and then somebody working overtime decided they didn't want to work exit, so they sent me down there. And it was just going to be a long night. Okay, so we had about seven minute coils. Basically, all that means is I have time to get up, check the strip, go sit back down, put some information to the computer, maybe scroll through uh, Facebook, Instagram, those reels for maybe a minute and a half. Then you got to get back up and do the whole thing again. Okay, I had five and a half hours of that. Okay, I was I was tired. I didn't know. I didn't want to do it. Okay, but I decided that somewhere along the way that I need to try something a little different because I felt like scrolling through Facebook and Instagram probably wasn't the best use of my time. Okay. Now, look at my Instagram and my Facebook. A lot of it has to do with shopping for trucks or looking at trucks or something or hunting, something of that in that nature. Okay, but I figured something more with my brain power. So I just picked up a. I just went to some podcasts, looked at, and I found something by Rick Warren. And so I, I listened to it. It's twenty eight minutes long. I'm not sure I agree with everything he said, but at the same time, it did allow me to focus on some scripture which I thought was extremely important. And it was amazing how all of a sudden the grumpiness went away and the peace began and I was able to make it through the night with a good attitude, I might add. All right. Hope is very important. Uh, my wife hates the fact that I don't really worry about anything. Okay. I've told her on multiple occasions, I just don't see the point in work. Okay, what's it gonna What's it gonna fix? What am I gonna do about it? I'll deal with that problem when it shows up. You know what I'm saying? And my poor wife, I love her, but she'll worry about things that are 10, 10 years in the future that may or may not happen. Okay, hope is important. Hope and what you put in is what's going to give you that peace, and it's what's going to give you that ability to walk through through life the way Christ would want you to. Okay, so let's look at hope this morning. Because I don't know about you, but hope is one of those things that seems in a lot of ways in short demand, especially in our world. Okay? Or on the other side of the coin, you're looking, they're looking for hope in the wrong places. Okay? So my hope this morning is just to encourage you to make sure that we are getting our hope from the correct place. All right? So let's take a moment and truly look at where our hope should be and see if it won't change maybe some of our attitudes. The first place to start if we're truly searching for hope is where? <laughs> Scriptures, right? They worked for me the other night. Okay. Uh, Rick Warren was talking about the scripture where Jacob was wrestling with the angel. Now, I'm sure I drew the same conclusion he did, but at least I was thinking about the scriptures for a minute. Okay. Which is, you know, that's a fascinating story, you know. You got this guy who's wrestling with an angel. I mean, I don't know how many other people wrestled with an angel, but, and not only that, he held on for long enough to where God blessed him. You know what I'm saying? So, interesting story. I loved it. But scripture works. 
You will be surprised at how many hopeless situations God changed and is still changing today. So God's word gives us hope. That's our first point for today. In Romans 15, 4, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. All right? So it says in Romans 15, 4, let's look at it one more time, that the things that are written down in the past, meaning the scriptures, were written down to give us hope. To give us what? Hope. Okay, so it makes sense. The best place to start looking for hope is where? The Bible. Absolutely. The first thing you're going to notice when you start reading through the scriptures is that God is in control and he can handle any impossible situation. Let me give you a couple examples. <clears throat> uh, the first being the Red Sea. You familiar with that story? The Israelites are pushed up against the Red Sea. They got the Egyptians coming in behind. They don't have anywhere to go. What does God do? Splits the sea and gives them a way through. And then once they get through, he closes back up and takes care of the Egyptians on the, on the backside. Okay? All right. How about water from a rock? Mm hmm The Israelites, once again, are dying of thirst, basically. And what does Moses do? Strikes a rock and God makes water come out of it. Okay? Impossible situation. Or how about the manna? Okay? Israelites are hungry. They don't have any food. God gives them these wafer bread Tastes like honey stuff, okay? Of course, that wasn't good enough, and they had to ask for meat later on, but you, but you get the point, okay? God takes care of them. How about the stealing of the sun? You remember that battle? The Israelites were in a, were, were in a battle, and they needed more time, and God stopped the sun for a little bit so they could finish up, okay? How about the falling of Jericho's walls? Because walking around a city with giant walls and making them fall down makes absolute sense, right? No. Okay? Alright, so those are some examples from the Old Testament. If you switch over to the New Testament, there's countless stories there too. You have stories of Jesus healing sick people, and you got Jesus raising people from the dead. Okay? All impossible situations. When we read these things from the Word of God, what, what we do begin to understand is that the real issues we're facing in our world and the government aren't really that big. And God can handle anything that He throws at us. There's no impossible situation that is beyond His control. And that is why we can put our faith and our hope in him, even when the times get hard. There is such power in hope. I like to call myself a hunter. I enjoy hunting. You know, there's a lot of hope that goes along with hunting. Okay? Because there's a lot of times that you go out, and it's rainy. It's nasty weather. But you keep going out. Why? Because you hope you're going to see something. Okay? It's that hope that keeps you going out. Okay? It's that hope that lets you that makes you sit in the deer blind there for just a little bit longer. Why? Because it's going to come in. This is the moment. It's going to happen right now. That big giant buck, it's going to come right here. Does it? Eh. Sometimes. Sometimes not. But it's that hope that keeps you going. It's that hope that keeps you getting ready to go for the next year. It's, it's just that hope, that power of that hope that I'm going to get something this year that keeps you going. I thought it was interesting. There was an uh, uh, illustration about uh, these guys who were in a laboratory and they had these rats, and uh, which I feel sorry for rats in the laboratory. Okay, those poor rats. But they did this. They uh, they did this test where they put a couple of rats in the water, and within an hour they had drowned. Okay, like I said, don't be a rat in a laboratory. All right. But they took a second set, put them in the water, but then they would periodically come and lift them out of the water. 
Those rats swam for 24 hours. Why? Was it because they got the rest? No, it's because of the hope that they had, knowing that if they kept going just a little bit longer, what might happen? They'd be lifted up. Pretty, pretty, pretty interesting, the power of what hope has. I love this definition of hope. It's not just wishing, but it is an absolute expectancy. Hope is faith in the future tense. If we truly want to find hope, then we need to be in his word on a daily basis. It is from those truths in his word that we are going to be able to pull hope and realize that our world is temporal and we need to focus less on it and more on the heavenly realm because that will last forever. Okay? Isn't that really where we get, we get tripped up a lot of times? Because we're so worried about what happens here and not so much what happens when it's all said and done. Okay? So hope is a powerful emotion. And the next thing we need to understand that our, is that our God is a God of hope, isn't he? Absolutely. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God always brings hope into hopeless lives. In Romans 15, 3, as I just read, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. We truly do serve a God of hope. I don't know whose kid that is. Could you get control over, please? You're disrupting the whole service. <laughs> oh, wait, it's mine. Never mind. We truly do serve a God of hope, and we understand that we can take on the impossible, but we also need to understand that nothing comes as a surprise to him. If you're following and serving the Lord the way you should, then you're right where you need to be, and that should bring you hope. Because we do not serve a God that wants to destroy us, but to build us up so we can share his hope with others. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And if there's one person who understood a, probably a helpless situation, it was probably the prophet Jeremiah. Okay, I mean, his whole point in life was to tell the people, the Israelites, what? That they were sinning and they needed to change. Did they? Did they? No. In the end, it ended up Jerusalem being destroyed. There is a world of people out there that are dying to know that we serve a God of hope. It's amazing what just a little bit of hope can do in a person's life. If we choose to share it with them. From the uh, Prod magazine comes the story of the self-made millionaire Eugene Lang, who greatly changed the lives of a sixth grade class in Eastern Harlem. Mr. Lang had been asked to speak to a class of 59 sixth graders. What could be said to inspire these students, most of whom would drop out of school? He wondered how he could get these predominantly black and Puerto Rican children to even look at him. Scraping his, scrapping his notes, he decided to speak to them from his heart. Stay in school, he admonished, and I will help pay the college tuition for every one of you. At that moment, the lives of these students changed. For the first time, they had hope. Said one student, I had something to look forward to, something waiting for me. It was a golden feeling. Nearly 90% of that class went on to graduate from high school. Why? Because they had hope that it didn't just end after school, that they got to continue on. Hope can help us and others overcome many things. Can you imagine how you'd be feeling right now with the current state of our government if you were not a Christian? 
Uh, I myself would be probably a pretty miserable person to live with. I understand, however, that my God is bigger than the United States government. My hope is in God and not in the government. I know he is the one that controls the government, even if I don't fully understand it. I need to concern myself not with the government, but with the fact that Jesus is coming back and I need to be about his work. Okay. Hope is vital for the soul. Hebrews 16, 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner places behind the curtain. I like this verse. I've done sufficient in my life, and so therefore I have been around boats, and I have a healthy understanding and respect for an anchor. There are many times I was grateful for a good anchor. When you're night fishing and you want to anchor, you want your anchor to hold, otherwise you wind up in the shipping channel, which can be a pretty dangerous place to be. Okay, As the anchor does not stay in the waters, but enters the ground be hidden beneath and fastens in it, so hope our anchor is not satisfied with merely coming to the entry, with merely earthly and visible goods, but penetrates even to those within the veil of the Holy of Holies, where it lays down on God himself and heavenly, or lays, excuse me, where it lays hold on God himself and heavenly good. Estes. I like that. I thought that was pretty good. Isn't that what an anchor does? It doesn't just sit on the top. What does it do? It digs in. Hope makes our soul, emotions and will, firm and secure. Just like the anchor preserved that 16-foot boat that I was in. The waves pushed and the winds blew. And as long as the anchor held, I had no problem sleeping through the night waiting for that fish to bite. I wasn't concerned because I had a firm belief in the anchor and what it would do. In the midst of the trials of life, a Christian's mind is calm and firm and secure as long as his hope in heaven is firm. If that gives way, he feels that all is lost. I'm telling you, there was quite a bit of panic when the anchor didn't hold in that 16-foot bolt. Okay? It's a good thing that God is the kind of anchor that never gives way. Hope is the anchor of our soul. I came across a quote from Emil Bruner. She said, what oxygen is for the lungs, such is hope for the meaning of human life. Take oxygen away, and death occurs through suffocation. Take away, take hope away, and humanity is constricted through the lack of breath. Despair and hopelessness sets in. In September 1988, Hurricane Gilbert hit hit the Louisiana coast. At that time, it was considered the storm of the century. It battered the shoreline, severely disrupting the shrimping business. Many shrimp boats were lost, causing great concern for several families dependent upon shrimping for a livelihood. On the morning news, I watched an interview with a shrimp boat owner. He was asked how the storm would impact the shrimpers. With the devastation of Gilbert as a backdrop, this man said, well, there is a good side. The storm will have stirred up the bottom of the ocean, making for better shrimping once we're able to get back out there. This man understood hope. Okay? Hope is very important. And what is even more important is what the basis for hope is. Many people choose things in this world as their anchor, such as money and the government, and those things will let you down every time. Jesus is the only one that won't, which leads us to our last point. Jesus is our hope. 1 Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Christ, excuse me, Paul, an apostle of Jesus of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. 
So, so far this morning, we have spent quite a bit of time explaining what hope looks like and the power that it has in a person's life. Now, the last point I want to make is that it comes down to Jesus. He is our hope. He is hope. He is our hope. Okay? If you break it down, Jesus, he doesn't just show you the way. He himself is the way. He doesn't just give you truth. He himself is the truth. He doesn't just give us life. He himself is life. Things in life may change. People in our lives may change. But Jesus never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8 I don't know about you, but that is why I need Jesus. I need that unchanging love, peace, and control. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is my hope. Hope is, hope is a strange thing. It will give you confidence in the bleakest of times, but hope is not good unless you have your hope in someone that will never let you down. There's a lot of things that we hope for and a lot of things we wish for. The hope I'm talking about, though, is the hope that we have as believers. This hope has its foundation in what Jesus did for us on the cross. And he will do when he takes us out of this world. When you have this kind of hope, you can face anything. And isn't it true? How many of you heard the stories about missionaries? I love, I love hearing about missionaries. I love the stories that they can tell about the things that God has done in their, done in their life. But what's more impressive to me is that the hardships they will go through to share the gospel. There was this uh, one gentleman here that I pulled a story from. His name was Sintu. In an attack by radicals, Sintu nearly lost his life. Shot in the face, stabbed more than nine times, his throat slit four times, and his recovery took 18 months and numerous surgeries. During that time, in spite of the grave personal danger, his wife remained faithful in ministry. As soon as Sintu was able, he convinced everyone that he intended to continue serving at the, at the same place where he was attacked. Why? Well, for one, he had hope in Jesus Christ. But more than that, he had a hope in those people coming to know Jesus Christ. And he knew he had to be part of that. Hope is amazing. What is your hope in? This is what the hope of Jesus can do in a person. Sintu had such hope for these people in Bangladesh that he knew that, there were, that that's where God wanted him. And that's where he was going to return to. Alright, so let's wrap it up this morning. We're all going to be going through struggles in this life. I don't know of anybody who's going to get out of this life without struggling of some kind. Now I'm, not trying to, now, I'm not trying to downplay that there are things that people are going through. I know that there are things in this very congregation that I wish would just go away. But I can't. And I can only offer, and the way of encouragement is that hope is not lost, and that hope has to come from Jesus. We have to understand that He has a plan. And sometimes in my own life, I hate that plan. I scream and I argue with God, but in the end, I know that without a doubt, He is working to make me grow and to, and to bring things to His desired end. I don't know about you, but I desperately need that hope because it's the only thing that will give me peace. So stay in the Word. Hold on to Jesus with everything you got. The world can really be hard to deal with, I know because in my own life, in my personal family, we went through some loss. I wish this world was perfect. I wish it was fair. But it's not. It's full of sin and death. 
And that is why until we get to heaven, Jesus has to be the unchanging, unwavering hope in our lives. I don't know about you, but I can live with that and find peace in that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being the hope in our lives. Lord, being that anchor, that unchanging anchor, that thing that can, that can hold us, that can hold us, Lord, in the midst of the trials and the struggles that we suffer with in life. Lord, you're the only thing that can give us peace. You're the only thing that can make things make sense. And Lord, I am so grateful for that. Thank you for your son that you sent to be that anchor and to be that way for us. Lord, we are incredibly grateful for everything you've done for us. And Lord, I understand that we may not understand everything that you're doing down here. But Lord, when it all comes down to it, we just want to put our hope and our faith in you. And know that you've got it. So Lord, just be with us. Whatever struggles we may be facing, let us just put our faith and our hope in you. Stay in those scriptures and keep following you. Lord, we love you. And we're grateful for this time. In your name, amen.